This is Witches, Bitches, and Dead People with Intuitive Oracle, Jamie Hearn. Jamie stirs the cauldron with witches, shamans, healers, psychics, and mediums who bravely share their power and give you insight into what conversations with dead people really look like. It's probably not what you think. Sometimes hilarious, sometimes macabre, and always informative. Hello and welcome back to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People. I'm Jamie Hearn, and today we have the pleasure of chatting with Jen Plastini. Jen is an intuitive and a light worker and has been practicing energy work for over 20 years. She's a Reiki master teacher and psychic medium. Using a combination of healing modalities, Jen tailors her work with clients to their unique frequency. Some of the modalities Jen uses include crystal Reiki, quantum touch, vibrational therapy, and theta healing, in addition to her own magical energetic infusions. Thanks for joining me today, Jen. My pleasure. So before every session, I always pull a card. And you got the Emerald Dragon card. Ooh, that's gorgeous. It is beautiful. And when I read the description, I was like, oh, shit, this is definitely her. So emerald dragons are wise healers who prepare us to align with our true fifth dimensional blueprint. They work with the archangel Raphael, who is in charge of development of the third eye. And they clear our emotional bodies to leave us free to love, forgive, and open our hearts. Mm -hmm. I love Raphael. I absolutely love. A lot of times when I'm working on a client and I'll ask for angels, guides, ascended masters, departed loved ones, whoever wants to come in and help, Raphael shows up. Cool. So when you are working with clients, do you get that constant download of messages or how does that work for you? It depends on the client. It, the more open they are, the better it works. Um, so sometimes when I open myself to help from the universe, um, sometimes it's a bunch of people. Sometimes it's maybe one person and sometimes it's just me and, and the archangels or me and, you know, my guides. Right. So, Yeah kind of varies yeah I find that too it really depends on how open the person is when I sit with them to do work I sat with you it was like a whole freaking symphony showed yeah. up but yeah I come with an army it's like <laughs> yeah it's awesome I love working with people who are open like that um so Jen and I did have the occasion to hang out a little in person and it was pretty fun so I uh, just, you know, I, I want to warn you, we might get a little silly, a little sassy. It, it It's all just who we are. So if you don't like it, that's okay. I do have a funny <laughs> for you in reference to our conversation that we had. Um, we were talking about that teacher guide, the healing teacher guide. And yeah. I openly said, I'm just going to call him Joe. And I was corrected. It's I love it. Joe. It's Jow. J-A-O. Ah. So now I just call him Mr. Jow. Because that is actually a Chinese last name. 
That's awesome. I, up, I was like, are you, are you messing with me? And I looked it up and I was like, oh, no, no kidding. All right, cool. <laughs> I love that. Like when information comes through for me, I only can give what this, what the guide is willing to give me as like the third party intruder. So I'm really happy that he came through for you and was like, this is a, a clarification for, for what you received. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. So, so now, I, yeah. So let's talk about your journey. Like, when did you first really embark on this spiritual journey? Um, spiritually, I was probably eleven or twelve, and sitting in church with my grandma. You know, because she would take me to Catholic church every Sunday, and I really enjoyed the ritual aspect of it. Because she would always seat me at the end of the pew and basically kick me out to bring up the the gifts, the water and the wine to the priest. So I kind of enjoyed being part of the ritual, but then they wouldn't let me be an altar boy because, well, I wasn't a boy. So <laughs> That's just fucked up. Like, so, so I kind of at that point, you know, and then listening to them tell me how unworthy I was of everything. I was like, okay, I kind of don't like this anymore. Um, I'm really, even at that age, I was like, who are you talking to? Because like, <laughs> clearly you haven't met me. <laughs> yeah. So then I started researching other things. And even at, you know, that young age, I knew that there was just something different. Just, you know, and so I found whatever library books I could find at the school library or the, the local public library. And um, as I got older, I started hanging out with people that were more interested in other things, um, different pagan paths, different, you know, and just learning a little bit from them. A lot of it was what not to do just gonna <laughs> this is what you don't do we've all um, been teenagers and yeah 20 somethings <laughs> oh yeah so and then during that at some point twice actually I moved down to Florida and I met a group of people that I felt drawn to and we all kind of learned things together and that was when I first started putting my hands on people for healing because mm. It just was an intuitive thing. Yeah. Oh, my friend is in pain. Let me put my hands on it. I would see things in my head when I put my hands on people. And at first it kind of freaked me out, you know, but then I was like, well, let's go with it. You like know, what, what kind of things were you seeing? One of them, it was just leaves. I put my hand on her. She was having female problems and I put my hand on her belly and I saw leaves falling, just leaves mm. falling. And I like was like, shedding. yeah. And then her problem resolved. So, and I did that for two people. Awesome. And then we started doing it in a group. So we would all like get our circle together. And if somebody, somebody had, um, there was a black spot on their x-ray, on their chest x-ray. Mm. So we put them in the middle of our circle and we held hands around them and we basically concentrated our energy for healing and the spot went away. Like uh, as when you said concentrated your energy, I got this like huge goosebump, like, Oh shit. I can't imagine 
feeling of being in the middle of that circle. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, so I've seen it do amazing things. And so I just kind of kept with it and I would just do it intuitively until somebody was like, oh, hey, so you do Reiki? And I was like, I do what? <laughs> Joe didn't teach me Reiki. What? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, uh, sure. Yeah. So then I went and took formal training for that. And, and then I made it my own. And <laughs> so I'm curious about the crystal Reiki. I have zero awareness of crystal Reiki. Tell us about that. Okay. So crystals ha each have their own individual energy, um, piezoelectric energy mm. that, so there's science behind it. It's not just all woo woo. There is science behind, there is actual electricity energy in crystal. Well, I mean, I have felt it. I love, I have this one amethyst that I put on my third eye and it's like, it feels like what I would imagine being inside one of those electric balls feels yeah. like. Yep. It, but like, Sometimes I'll put them in my hand and I literally feel them vibrate in my hand. Yeah. Or it feels like they're kind of hopping and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And usually it's like the higher the frequency, the more you feel it. Mm. Um, but what I like to have people do is, you know, they'll tell me where their problem is. And I will usually pick a crystal that will correspond with the chakra in the area of where their problem is. Okay. And then in order to kind of calibrate it, I'll have them hold it and tell me if and where they feel different. Hmm. So if you hold on to your amethyst in your hand, whichever hand you don't write with. So if you write with your right hand, hold it in your left hand, close your eyes and assess your body. Where do I feel different? I, I'm totally going home and doing that. <laughs> um, so, and that helps me figure out what crystal is going to work best for them. During the Reiki session, the crystals go on the person, wherever, you know, I'll check their chakras first, mm -hmm. whichever one looks like it's having the most issues. Definitely. We put a crystal there and that energy helps to open up that chakra. So it'll be easier for them to accept healing. Awesome. That's yeah. really cool. Um, and I love that you aren't just reading it out of a box really like oh well this this crystal goes here and this crystal goes there that you're you're doing it, the one that resonates it's very much individual um it's cool to have books because i have many of them on crystals and it's cool to see what somebody else's feelings and interpretation of what that crystal is for is because it's a great guideline but the biggest indicator is going to be how do i feel when i hold it what does it mean to me yes so it's kind of the same way I read tarot cards. I don't look at the book. I just look at the card. So then when you look at the card, is it really the card that you're deriving information from? Or are you receiving uh, an intuitive message from spirit or the person? A little bit of both. Like, so I can pull the same card for three different people and get three different messages because something sticks out. Hmm. or I just, I get that intuitive, like, mm, I think this is this or I'll straight out ask, turn it towards them and say, what do you think? What do, what do you, what comes to your head when you look at that picture? I just did that the other day. I looked at the card and I went, okay. And I showed it to my friend and I said, what do you see? And she said, that lady looks like she has a headache. And I said, and do you have a headache? She's like, I get headaches all the time. And I was like, okay. 
let's work with that. You know, it, it's so it's all subject to interpretation. Awesome. And I feel like there's a little bit of art to it. Like mm-hmm. y- you have to have a, a flow and you only really have that flow when you're connected. Like yeah. you are. Um, I want to talk a little bit about theta healing. I, I am a theta healing practitioner. I, I use it a little bit, but tell me how you use it. Um, I incorporate it in with my session. So I don't do a full on theta session. Usually it's usually integrated. Like before a healing session, I will go in and remove waywards and fallen. Because, you know, as people go out through their day, they're picking up little negative energies here and there. Other people energy, I call it. And God forbid <laughs> you have to go to Walmart because that's the best place to pick them up. Right. I actually <laughs> sat in Walmart parking lot one time. I hate going into Walmart just because I don't really like Walmart. But I had to go in there for something. And I sat in the parking lot, I kid you not, for like 15 minutes before going in, clearing the entire building before I would walk in the door. And my husband sat there so patiently with me in the, in the car and he was just, he just lets me do my thing. doesn't ask me questions. Just, I'm like, I need to clear this place before I go in. And he just goes, okay. And he opens up his phone and starts reading. It was, (laughs) doesn't question it. That's beautiful. Uh, Because it is, it's not, it's other people energy. It's their negativity, whatever's going on in their life. And here you are, this shiny, sparkly creature walking through. And they're like, oh, look at that. It's shiny and sparkly. We're going to get it, you know. Right. So We want more of that. Yeah. So I always do that, clear the negative energy off the person. And while I'm doing the Reiki with the crystals, I'm also imparting the unconditional love energy. Beautiful. One of my favorite theta healing techniques is to send unconditional love back to the baby in the womb. Mm. I find that it helps bring people peace. Yeah. That's one that I don't use very often, but you're definitely hitting a chord with that. I'm going to go read that section again today. Yeah. Um, And then digging. Of course, there's always the digging for when somebody is (laughs) like, oh, I can't this or I can't that or, you know, I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's, let's see where that's coming from. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right. Um, (laughs) I actually got a lesson yesterday from my healing teacher guide, Mr. Zhao. My husband is very stubborn when it comes to doing things for himself Mm. as far as like things that are good for him. So he'll be in pain and I will offer him 18 different ways to help him. And he'll say no until I say, okay, we'll just sit there and be in pain. Then you're like, I tried. So yesterday he was complaining about his hip and I said, do you want to get on the table? Uh, Okay. So I get him on the table and I'm working on him and I'm using everything in the arsenal. And I'm like, is it any better? No. Do you feel any different? No. And so I went inward and I said, listen, Mr. Jow, you got to help me here. What do you do when somebody refuses to be healed? (sighs) And he's like, it's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to provide the healing. They have to accept it. I was like, 
fine. Alcohol with me. Yeah. All right. So yeah, he yeah he was like, you did your part. He has to accept it. He has to want it. He has to feel he deserves it. Mm. So he's one that would like if somebody wanted a project to dig. My husband would be the one try and dig that out because I have tried. Well, maybe someone else would have a different path because you're so close. And that's, that is, I think that is part of the issue. Yeah. Um, He won't, he doesn't ask me for tarot card readings. He barely asks for anything, but one day he did come with, cause he knows the difference. He said, Hey, um, who can I get an objective tarot card reading from? And I was like, (laughs) hold on, let me, you know, and I did, I took him to a friend of mine that he does not know. And she doesn't know him. And I had him get a reading because I am not unbiased. Right. You're emotionally attached. Right. There's no way for me to be unbiased. So, and I think that also comes with the healing. Like I want it to work so bad because I want him to feel better. Right. But I can't force him. Yeah. So. But that's a a powerful lesson to learn. And it's relevant across all different modalities. Yeah. It's the old, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Right. I can make him come in here and lay on the table, but I can't make him accept the healing. But I kind of feel like him agreeing to get on the table was a step in the right direction. It is. is. We're we're getting there. (laughs) Small steps. We'll take what we can get with the husbands. Yeah. (laughs) So... I want to talk a little bit about your experience with paranormal investigation. I mean, I've wandered around a basement with you. You're super fun. (laughs) So how often do you do things like that? Not very often at all. Um, I will go to somebody's house for a house cleansing or to check it out or to try and communicate with whatever spirit is in the house to convince them, you know, or to maybe to find out if they're okay coexisting mm-hmm. or if this is somebody that needs help moving on. Is this, you know, but it's not a large part. Um, I don't do more investigations because I really don't want to have to bring stuff home with me. I don't want to have to deal with it. Like I know if I bring something home with me, I know how to take care of it. Yeah. I just don't want to. <laughs> well, Tell us about some of the energies you have encountered in the ones you have that you have done. Like, were there any cool ones or or there ones was, that really stick out? So I had a friend call me and she said, "Are you busy right now?" And I said, "Actually, no." And she said, "Can I pay you to come over and do something to my house? There's something here, and I don't know what it is." And I was like, "Oh, okay, sure." And I jumped in the car and I drove over. And I get there and the downstairs of the house feels fine. I don't feel anything out of the ordinary. This feels like a family kitchen. I feel the energy of the young child, the husband, the wife. I don't feel anything out of place. She's like, no, it's upstairs. And I was like, okay, well, let's go. And as we're going up the stairs, rounding the corner, I hear out loud, oh, shit. And it was like a high-pitched voice. And I look over and there's a bird. And I was like, well, maybe the bird said it. (laughs) 
Hey, miss, does the gingerbread speak? Oh, no, not at all. Did you just hear somebody say something? And she's like, yeah, I heard it. Okay, great. She goes, yeah, it was probably because I was talking smack before you got here. I was very frustrated. And I was like, you've done it now. Jen's coming over and she's going to cure it. And I went, <laughs> okay. So when I came up around the corner, it said, oh, shit. So I proceeded. I went all the way up to the attic where I felt that it had gone. And I did clear the house. It didn't necessarily want to go, but it did go. And I was just like, really? <laughs> that ghost said, oh, shit. Uh-oh, Jen's here. Um, so I have no idea why this matters or why I'm curious about it. How did you get up to the attic? Like, were there stairs? Yeah. Yeah, thankfully there were stairs and not just like a ladder or some right. <laughs> but her son is also gifted, and so things are attracted to him. Yeah, and he had a playmate that was not real or not corporeal, <laughs> right? And, um, because it was very real. Yeah, especially to him. Yeah, so. It's hard because he attracts things, but he doesn't know. And I guess she didn't realize that that was happening. Oh, she's pretty spiritual herself. So it was kind of, I think she just got flustered and didn't know exactly what to do. And, you know, there was another house that I went to with a friend of mine where I sincerely think that the, the husband of this couple was being affected Mm. like in a, in a really bad way. Because me and my friend walked up the stairs and he was standing in the bedroom and he looked at us and his face was just like, I'm going to kill both of you. Like he had this like face and I was like, oh, wow. Like what, where, where's that coming from? Um, we both almost got pushed down the stairs. Like we both basically got kind of that shove and I was like, oh, okay. So we're going to play games. All right, let's go. Mm-hmm. It's on. <laughs> so there was a whole family of kids there, some of them more receptive than others. And it was like, all right, so we had to clean the, clear the house of the energy and of the entity, and then make sure the kids know that there's help. If you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're, you know, this is how you're going to protect yourself. This is how you're going to shield yourself. If you need help, this is my number. This, you know, it just, it kind of breaks your heart when you go into a house and there's kids being affected. Yeah. And that might be one of the other reasons why I don't do it more often. It's just because it breaks my heart. (laughs) I mean, my kid is the reason that I went down this path and figured out how to manage my connection. Cause at two, he was telling me about the little girl that couldn't have me because I was his mommy. And I, I said to my older son, do you know what he's talking about? And this is my older son's response. No, but could I have some chicken nuggets? Like it's just any other Tuesday. Yeah. Right. Like. <laughs> so kids are, kids are catalysts in this journey. Yeah. Often. I just remember when I was a kid, I would always zone. 
Like, do you ever, and I don't know, maybe everybody does this. I would be watching TV or whatever, hanging out with my cousins, and the whole room would just fade. And I don't know where yeah. I went. <laughs> but, you know, something would bring my attention back, and I, you know, where'd you go? I don't know. <laughs> um, I heard things when I was younger in my apartment, and I kind of mm -hmm. shut it down. I was like, oh, no, nope. I just heard my name called out loud and nobody is here but me. No, nope. And it didn't actually open back up again until I was in my later teens, early 20s when I was like, okay, I'm ready. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, it came back like every, I feel like I cried every 10 minutes because something would walk through me or past me or, you know, it was like, oh, wait, hold on. I don't know if I'm ready for this. So then I had to learn how to set boundaries. <laughs> Yeah, boundaries are critical. That's important. Yes, for sure. So do you have a favorite witch, bitch, or a dead person? Hmm. Hmm. That's hard. <laughs> okay, so maybe I should lose the word favorite, but... Is there one that stands out to you? Because when you use favorite, all these passed over loved ones get all offended because you didn't like them. <laughs> right, and right, right. you're like, sorry, Noni, I didn't mean to offend you. Jeez. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. I'm trying to think who comes the most often. Well, my grandfather. I have to say my grandfather on my mother's side because it's like he's always there. He doesn't communicate but he's there. So he's communicating energetically. Right. Like he's expressing that, you know, like I can tell he's there and his presence is comforting. Awesome. So that's, you know, so he's not talkative. He's not like as much as I have tried to get him to download to me, all of his gardening <laughs> skill. Right. Just shakes his head at me. I'm like, okay. He's like, there's no hope. <laughs> there really, yeah. I mean, he taught me how to mow the lawn properly when I was a kid. Because there's an art to it, apparently. And he wouldn't let he would not let anybody mow the lawn unsupervised. He had to walk. He had to be outside and watching. And eventually, he did go in the house while I was mowing the lawn, and it was like the best day oh. ever. Yeah, you were definitely the favorite grandkid. Yeah. So, and I had a nickname. He only gave nicknames to the grandchildren that were, I don't know, I don't want to say fatherless, but um, there, you know, he had five daughters and mm. my aunt's husband passed away. And so her kids did not have a father growing up. Um, my father was in and out of jail. So I did not have a father growing up. Um, until my mom married my stepdad. So he gave like those kids, he gave nicknames. Like those were the special ones. <laughs> um, and so even my mom was like, wait a minute. He went inside while you were mowing the lawn, like inside, inside. And I was like, yeah, she's like, you never did that with me. <laughs> so are we allowed to know what your nickname was? Um, my nickname, I had two because I was the specialist. Um, one was piano dust because I was a preemie oh. and my mother brought me 
into the house and my little carry thing and put me on top of the piano. And he said that I was so tiny, I looked like a speck of dust. Oh, so he called me piano dust. And then as I got a little bit older, he started calling me Jenny three. Because I was too small to be Jenny four. <laughs> Were there other Jennies? No, just because Jennifer, Jenny four. Right. Jenny three. Too, too big a name for you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So, but I did not get any of that gardening skill. Like I can mow a lawn like a champ. I cannot grow things. Well, I leave that to the professionals. It feels like he had some like herbalist energy about him. Like he knew more about the plants than, oh, they're just pretty. He did. Um, he comes from a long line of so all the way back to Glamis Castle in Scotland, mm. where my great great grandfather was the the groundskeeper. Oh, cool. So it's like it comes, and I'm like, why did it skip me though? Like, <laughs> you can't have all the talent. You have to share with the other family members. Yeah. So my mom, my mom's really good at growing things. My mom is also very intuitive, although she doesn't really admit it. <laughs> well, there's some fear there. I mean, they come from her side of the from. Okay, so my grandmother, her mother. I would always tell her, this is the same woman that made me go to church every Sunday. I would tell her she was psychic because she would predict things and they would happen. Mm -hmm. So I would say, grandma, you're psychic. And she'd say, oh, God forbid. Because you can't be, you're not allowed to be Catholic and psychic at the same time. Right. Bad combo. So, yeah. Yeah. So it is, it does run in the family. It's just a lot of people just don't acknowledge it. Yeah. But it's a really cool gift to have. And I think that your healing gift far exceeds any gardening gift you ever could have hoped for. So yeah, because I'm all about like I will trade you some energy work for some basil. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. awesome. Well, where can people find more about you and join your Facebook group if they want to? I have a couple of different Facebook groups. Um, one is my. Business page, Jen Plastini, RMT, Intuitive Lightworker. And there's also Nature's Magical Realm, which is more the, I'm a learning, I'm, I'm interested in paganism and I want to learn more group. And then I started a page with a friend, a couple of friends of mine called Crones and Cauldrons. And so that is a very new page, but that is the page where I am doing live guided meditations. Awesome. Um, during the week, it's usually like three nights a week. It winds up being, so I call it the somewhat nightly guided meditation and we do a, a guided meditation and maybe some card pulls, you know, whatever people feel like doing. I love that. So we'll be sure to share the links to those groups in the show notes so people can find you and share in some of your magic. Um, I, I love sharing who you are with the world because you just have such a magnetic energy about you that Aww. more people need, more people need you for sure. Nice. I appreciate that. I'm really, um, since I was fortunate enough to be able to stop working a nine to five, I am absolutely just loving 
being able to get to do what I do mm. without the stress of having to work all day first. Like this is, yeah. what I do. this is, yeah. It's freedom to be who you are. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, on that note, I encourage people to look you up and get to know what you're doing in the world. And I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Peace and badass magic. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People with Jamie Hearn. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.